In a letter published in the most recent issue of the Northwest Catholic, our diocesan magazine that is sent to every registered Catholic in the diocese, our Archbishop has called us to celebrate a year of the Eucharist, beginning today and concluding on Corpus Christi a year from now. He states the purpose of this year in two places. Toward the beginning of the letter, he says, During the coming year, I ask every Catholic and every parish community to commit themselves to deepening our understanding and experience of the Eucharist and strengthening our Eucharistic liturgies. And near the end of the letter, he restates this by saying, The primary focus of this year of the Eucharist is to increase our understanding and elevate the quality of how we celebrate the Eucharist at Mass. All of this is to say that the Archbishop wants us to grow in love and appreciation for the Mass, and in so doing, to celebrate it even more faithfully and reverently. Well, my friends, on the one hand, I am over the moon excited. This has been one of my own pastoral priorities since I arrived here at Assumption, and it is a rare and beautiful thing to feel so in sync with my Archbishop. On the other hand, however, we started this effort at Assumption six months ago, so I have already very recently preached on the things he wants me to preach about. I am honestly worried that I am going to run out of ideas as I try to keep this focus for another 12 months. Nevertheless, this year of the Eucharist is important to our Archbishop, it is important to me, and Jesus is just going to have to give us all the grace necessary to avoid a plateau and to continue diving deeper and deeper into the central mystery of our faith. I encourage you all to read the Archbishop's letter, especially since you already have a copy of it in your homes. In order to help you understand it, though, and because it is the Feast of Corpus Christi, I think we should spend today exploring the origins and the meanings of the word Eucharist. We have all likely heard the word We have all likely heard that the word Eucharist is a Greek word meaning thanksgiving. And this is a good start, but things are actually a little more complex than that. The root word, charis, carries a whole host of meanings. It is the word from which we derive the English words charism and charismatic. At its core, charis means goodwill, a good feeling, or some kind of benefit bestowed on a person. In the New Testament, it is often translated as grace, as something which God pours down on his people. Obviously, the perfect and all-powerful God is not thanking us, but he is blessing us. Charis, then, is an act of thanksgiving, but it is also an act of praise or worship when given to God, and an act of blessing and grace when given by God. This actually comes across pretty well in the Spanish. Spanish, thanks, is gracias, but grace, like from God, is gracia. Many of these Latinate languages have retained the close meaning between the many meanings of caris. The EU at the beginning of the word is just a Greek prefix that provides a positive emphasis. 
A eulogy, for example, is a positive logos or word about someone. The euangelion, the Greek word for gospel, is a positive angel, a positive message from which we derive the Latinate word evangelize. So when you is placed before an already positive word like charis, it serves to increase and emphasize the goodness of the idea. Whatever charis is, a eucharis is an extremely positive and wonderful version of it. So, of course, Christian worship has been referred to as a Eucharist since the turn of the first century. Nothing should cause us to give more thanks to God or receive more grace from Him than our worship of Jesus Christ and our participation in His passion, death, and resurrection. A worship and participation that today we find in the Mass, our Eucharist. Interestingly, It is likely that at the time of Jesus, the Jewish Passover rituals, like those celebrated at the Last Supper, were also referred to as a Eucharist, since their purpose was to give thanks to God for his deliverance of the Jewish people from slavery in Egypt. The Christian Eucharist was and is truly a continuation of the Jewish Eucharist. It is also interesting to note that in the early church, the term Eucharist was often used in intentional contrast to the word sacrifice. This is because the pagans sacrificed, and their sacrifices were not primarily oriented toward giving thanks to the pagan gods, but toward manipulating these gods into doing the will of the worshippers. Christians knew they could only give thanks to and could never manipulate the one true God. However, as the influence of paganism faded, the words sacrifice and oblation quickly came to be applied to Christian worship too. Because our act of thanksgiving, our Eucharist, was expressed through our offerings and sacrifices in worship. Nothing about this has changed since the first century. Our worship of the Father through Jesus in the Holy Spirit continues to be primarily an extreme act of goodwill, an extreme act of thanksgiving, which is carried out through offering and sacrifice. All of this is to say, then, that the word Eucharist, as the Church has long used it, as the Second Vatican Council used it, and as our Archbishop often uses it in his letter— refers primarily to the central act of Christian worship in the Mass. If it helps you, you might think of this year as the year of the Mass, because it is more that than the year of the host. However, as early as the second century, the word Eucharist has also been used to refer to the consecrated species— to the bread and wine which have become the body and blood of Jesus. This metonym, this early transfer of the name of the whole to one of its parts, shows us just how early the body and blood of the Lord emerged as the central focus of the overall practice of Christian worship. Yes, the Mass has many parts, many aspects, many smaller mysteries contained in the overall mystery. 
But the fact that only one of these parts has taken upon itself the name of the whole, only one of these has also been referred to as the Eucharist, shows us which is the most important aspect of the Mass. And it is this second meaning of the word Eucharist that we celebrate today on the Feast of Corpus Christi, the Feast of the Body and Blood of Christ. Today we remind ourselves that Christianity, from the very beginning, has believed that the bread and wine we offer up to God in thanksgiving is then returned to us on the altar as the physical, actual body and blood of Jesus. And we give thanks for such an incredible and unforeseen gift. This is what we call in engineering a positive feedback loop, a force that creates and augments other forces like it. God saves us on the cross, the greatest act of Eucharist, of grace-giving, imaginable. In response to our salvation, we then give thanks to God, another Eucharist, another thanksgiving. In the course of this worship, God blesses us once again with his physical presence, the body and blood of Jesus, a third Eucharist, what we now know as the Eucharist. And finally, having received the body and blood of the Lord, our original act of worship and thanksgiving is exponentially multiplied, because now Jesus himself is offering thanks to the Father in us and through us. In this sense, we become an act of Eucharist. My brothers and sisters in Christ, There is nothing more incredible or more awesome than the work of our redemption, worked upon that cross and upon this altar. I hope we can spend the next year learning how to give thanks to God through the ancient worship of our Christian predecessors, an act of worship that is as infinitely expansive as the graces that it is responding to.